Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Well, if you have your Bible, hold it up. Let's make our confession together. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says that I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'll not leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every time I come to Church on the Rock, my faith and my life gets stronger and stronger. You sound so good. Give God praise for the Word. Amen. Well, we're finishing a series today on Dream Again. And you say, Pastor, why would you teach on dreams? Because a lot of people have let go of their dreams. A lot of people have had their dreams stolen from them. A lot of people don't even dream at all. They just drift through life and they waste their life and they get on their deathbed and they look back in regret. Well, your pastor who loves you, I want you to dream and I want you to dream big and I want you to dream God sized dreams. So we're talking about dreaming again. We're finishing it today. If you're a note taker, uh, let's pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago. The three most important things in your life and my life is number one, that we're born again. That's the most important thing because all of us are going to spend somewhere in eternity, either heaven or hell. And the most important thing you and I can do is not make money, is not raise a family. The most important thing that we can do is get born again, become a Christian, become a Christ follower. How do we do that? We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe that he took our sin. He took our pain. He took our shame on the cross. He paid a debt he didn't owe. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. We needed someone to take our sin away. So we believe in that, and we confess with our mouth. We repent, and when we do, we get born again. We gain eternal life, abundant life. And that's the most important thing. Secondly, after we become a Christian, the most important thing is not just to sit in a pew, not just go to church, but the most important thing is that we discover God's purpose, God's plan, God's will or dream for our life, because we're going to be held responsible for what we did with what he gave us. And it's our responsibility to discover it, our purpose. Knowing your why gives you persistence. Knowing your why you're here gives you resilience. Knowing your why gives you power to persevere through all your problems when you know your why, why you're here. So the three most important things, number one, is that we get born again, become a, a believer, a Christian, a Christ follower. Number two, then we discover why we're here, God's dream, God's purpose for our life. And number three, then we take our gifts, talents, and abilities, our skill set, and we work on them every day to fulfill God's dream. Those are the three most important things. So a lot of people struggle 
with their dream on why it hasn't come to pass. You do know that God has a call on all of our life, right? God has a call. God has a dream. God has a purpose, whatever metaphor you want to use. But after the call comes character building, comes character building, right? God, God is working on us. So as the dream comes to pass, we can handle it. We're, we're, we're prepared for it. So a lot of people struggle with how do I get a dream? And then once I discover my God-given dream, how do I bring it to pass? I'm going to answer those two questions today. How to get a dream from God. And number two, how to bring it to pass. So how to get a dream from God. We shared it with you. I want to share it again on the screen is that the Holy Spirit is the artist. The Holy Spirit is the artist. And then the word or the Bible is the oil or the paint. So the Holy Spirit is the artist and the word of God is the paint or the oil. And then number three, the heart is the canvas. Your heart, your spirit man is the canvas. So we have the Holy Spirit, who's the artist. We have the word of God, that's the paint. And then they paint the picture or the image or the dream on the canvas of your heart. So that simply means then for you and I to discover God's dream for our life, we have to spend time fellowshipping. Everyone say fellowshipping. Fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and the word will reveal God's dream for our life. Fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and the word of God, one year Bible, will reveal God's dream for our life. I remember in my own life, but many of you know the story in 1975, Kim and I had been married for two years. Uh, we loved each other, but we couldn't stand each other. You know what we're talking about? And we had everything we thought we wanted in, in the natural. I had a brand new Corvette. I had a new uh, Kawasaki motorcycle. We're going to build a new house out in the country, have acreage. I'm in management. Uh, we should be happy, but we're not. We're miserable because I'm running from the call of God on my life. I'm running. I knew there was a call. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew there was a call. God had his hand on my life and he has a call for every one of us and his hand is on each and every one of us. And so I finally surrendered and gave into that call, not knowing what it was, but I felt like my pastor said, you need to go to college. And as you're in college, you know, God will begin to reveal to you as you take one step of obedience. So we went to college, Minneapolis, Minnesota, the first year. And as we're there, the very first year, uh, I'm going to school, working full time. Kim's working full time. I'm in classes every day. We have chapel every day. And one day after being there for several months in chapel, after the service was over, everyone left. But I lingered around the front. How many of you know, I like to see the church body of Christ linger a little longer after the service is over. So chapel was over and everybody had left. And seriously, I was, they had the lights down dim. I went to the altar. I knelt there. Now I had been in the word, in the spirit, in Bible college. And I knelt there and I, I heard the voice of the Lord. It wasn't audible. It was on the inside. It was the word and the Holy Spirit speaking to my spirit. And he said, this is 1975. He said, I've called you to be a pastor teacher. I've called you to be a pastor teacher. Well, I heard the call, discovered the dream by fellowshipping in the word of God and the Holy Spirit. 
So that's how you're going to get God's dream is by fellowshipping with him in his word and with his spirit. Next page, guys, on the screen. Psalm 37, verse 4. This bears out that principle. What's the first word? Delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he, not a committee, not your parents, not your friends or your foes or the culture or an institution or a university, he will give you the desires in your heart. So look at two words, delight and desires. If I delight myself, or it means fellowship, spend time with God through his word and his spirit, then God says he'll give me desires. Another word for desire is dream. You know, you have a desire for a certain kind of a house. What do we call that? A dream. You have a desire for a certain vocation or career. What do we call that? A dream. They're two of the same thing, dreams and desires. So we could say it this way. If I spend time with God, fellowshipping with him in the word and the spirit, and I surrender my will to his will, then what's going to happen is he's going to put dreams in my spirit. He's going to put desires in my spirit, but they won't be mine or someone else's. They'll be his desire for my life, his dream for my life. So I can trust it. It won't be weird, evil, bad for me. It will be good for me. And notice it actually means this. God will put his desire in your spirit, in your heart, and then God will bring it to pass. God will put it in you, and then God will work it through you. I love that. So what do we need to do? How do I get a dream? It's not mystical. It's not spooky. It's not magic. It's hard work. It's hard work. It's effort. It's diligence. It's, it's spiritual habits. It's spending time praying. It's spending time reading. And it's spending time serving in the local church with my gifts, talents, and abilities. So as I do all of that, then what happens is God begins to put within me why I was created. His desire, his dream. But not only that, as good as that is, then he will bring it to pass in my life. And I've already taught you this. If your dream is from God, you need God. You can't do it on your own, right? And you don't want to dream from your uncle or your aunt or your husband or your wife or your mother or your father or your brother or your sister or an institution or the church or religion. You want to get your dream from God Almighty. Am I right? Okay, next, guys, on the screen. Let's go next. Let's pass that one up. Next, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Kim alluded to it in prayer. It shall come to pass in the last days, and I believe we're in the last of the last days. Wouldn't you agree? I will pour out my spirit, the Holy Spirit, upon all flesh. Have you noticed all the revivals that are going on right now in university and campuses? It's kind of a replay of the 70s, which Kim and I were a part of, of the Jesus People Movement. This is so cool. Pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Everyone say vision and dreams. Okay? The big idea that I want to leave with you today, I like to make everything simple. The big idea is this. For your dream to come to pass. Now, I told you how to get a dream. Now, I'm going to tell you how to bring it to pass. For your dream to come to pass, you need a vision. 
for your dream to come to pass, you need a vision. Vision is mental image, mental picture on the inside. Or could we say imagination, imagination, imagination. I told you that our imagination is a gift from God. Your imagination deals with your future and your memory deals with your past. Your memory deals with your past. We all have it. And your imagination deals with your future. And we all have that. Don't let the devil pervert your future. Don't fear your future. Your future is your friend. If God is your source, your best days are ahead. In fact, turn to somebody and tell them that they need to hear it. Your best days are ahead. So say it with me, vision and dreams. The big idea that I want you to walk away with today, if you're struggling with believing in the dream God gave you, once you discover it, you need a vision. Vision will feed your faith to believe God for the dream to come true. Next page, guys. Vision is needed for the dream. Next. And the Lord said to Abram, now, at the beginning of our series, I used Abram as an example. And now we're ending the series. We want to go back to him as an example. Now, Abram, God gave him a dream, right? God gave him a dream that he would be the father of a multitude when he had no offsprings. And it took 25 years for the dream to come to pass. But Abram is just like you and me. When God gives us a dream, sometimes we we struggle with that. We can't see how it could ever come to pass. And so did Abram. He struggled with it. He couldn't believe it. So what did God do? God gave him a vision. God gave him a vision. God gave him a picture. And so when God gave him a vision and a picture, then everything changed. And Abram went from an unbeliever to a believer in God's dream for his life. So let's look at it. Let's read it together. The Lord said to Abram, after that, the Lord was lot was separated from him. Lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are north, south, east and west. Verse 15 for all the land that you see. That's huge. Not what God sees, but what do you see? See, it's up to you. It's not up to God. If you think small, God does small. If you think big, God does big. It's according to your vision. It's according to what do you see? Not what do your parents see or your mate, what do they see or your church or the institution or your job or your boss? What do you see? What do you see? For all the land that you see, God says, I can do it. So can I say it this way? If you can see it, God can do it. If you can see it, God can do it. Well, pastor, I could never see myself out of debt. God can't do it. Pastor, I could never see myself healed. God can't do it. Pastor, I could never see him come back. Then God can't do it. Pastor, I could never see her come back. Then God can't do it. Pastor, I could never see my kids get off drugs. Then God can't do it. Pastor, I could never see myself making $100,000 a year. Then God can't do it. I could never see myself with a new car. Then God can't do it. God can only do what you see. If you can see it, God can do it. I'm doing a Fred price. Turn it around. If you can't see yourself with it, you're limiting God from doing it. So you've got to see it. 
You've got to have a vision for the dream to come to pass. Am I helping anybody? For all the land that you see, I, 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 I weigh all this weight, I'll never get, it'll, it'll never get off, then God can't help you with your health. All the land that you see, God says, then I can do it. And not only to you, but leave a legacy for your seed, your children. Verse 16, and I will make thy seed your offsprings, Abram. I know you're having a hard time, Abram, with the dream. So I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to give you a picture. Look at the sand. He's in the desert, so he's going to see this every day. Principle, you got to every day visit your future. You got to every day visualize. You got to every day spend time seeing it. He's in the desert. He said, Abram, you're having a hard time believing the dream that you'll be a father of a multitude, thousands and hundreds of thousands of offsprings. So I want you to see it every day. I want you to put it before your eyes every day. So while you're in the desert, as many uh, as sand pebbles there are, that's how many offspring you're going to have. You have to stop every day and spend time to visit your future. You have to every day visualize what God has put in your heart that he wants to bring to pass. Can we have a praise break for a big God? So I want you to look at the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, the sand, so will your seed be numbered. Next, guys, verse 17. Now arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. You take authority, you get up and get going, and then I'll do my part. You get up, walk the length, the breadth, the depth of this. It speaks of authority. It speaks of taking action. It speaks of diligence. It speaks of effort. Dreams come through, come true through hard work. Dreams come true through hard work. And he says, if you'll do your part, then I'll do my part. I'll give it to you. Verse 18, then Abram removed his tent and he came and dwelt in the plain of Merim, which is Hebron. Everybody say Hebron. Look it up in a Hebrew dictionary. And Hebron means fellowship. What does it mean? Fellowship. How did I tell you you're going to get a dream from God? Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the word of God, fellowship with God Almighty. What is he doing? God's trying to encourage him to believe. So he's giving him a picture. He's giving him a vision. He's telling him, I want you to see this every day. See your future every day. See the dream I gave you coming to pass every day. And then what did he do? He built an altar to the Lord that speaks of praise and worship and humility. Praise and worship and humility. Next, next page, Genesis 15. So, y'all, we were at 13, now we're in 15. Watch the journey. Pay attention. He brought him forth abroad. Abram is still having a hard time believing. He brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. Look now toward heaven. You've been looking at the sand. That's a good start. But now I want you to get this vision that you're going to be a father of a multitude. Now I want you to look at the stars. 
So during the day, I want you to visualize. And when you wake up at night, I want you to visualize. Because at night, the stars. During the day, the sand. Day and night. Day and night, I want you to keep a picture, a vision, an image before you, because that will fuel and feed your faith to believe me for the dream I have for your life. Am I helping anybody? And so he said, looked out toward heaven, tell the stars, number the stars, so will your seed be. So what's the journey now? Abram is our role model, our example of getting a dream, and then the dream takes time. Getting a dream and struggling with a dream. Getting a dream, but yet it's so hard to believe for that dream to come to pass, okay? Vision and dream. They go together. Can you say that with me? Vision and dream, they go together. Okay, so back to my story where I'm in college. And when God called me on the inside, and I heard that by fellowshipping with the Word, the Spirit, and the Lord, that you're to be a pastor teacher, I had a picture of a church of thousands of people in my future, okay, at that time. All right, so what did God have to do for me and Kim? We're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's 1976. Someone invites us to a church downtown Minneapolis. It's called the Jesus People Church. Sounds like the Jesus People Movement that you're all hearing about right now that was in the 70s that they say is starting all over again on college campuses all across our nation right now. Okay, we were a part of the Jesus People movement, the original part. So we're, we're, we go to this church, it's called the Jesus People Church, downtown Minneapolis, and this is 76, thousands of people. I mean, there wasn't hardly any church in the 70s of thousands, thousands of people. So Kim and I, we go in there that Sunday morning. I'd never seen a church like this before in the natural. I saw this church in my spirit. Okay, so we're standing here, and seriously, I can still remember it, 1976. Over here to this side, there was a guy standing there with a three-piece suit during praise and worship, and he had his hands lifted, and I saw a gold Rolex watch. You couldn't help but see it was bling, bling, what a thing, okay? We looked down this side to us, and I saw young people like us in their 20s with long hair beards, shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops. I saw people of all different color and background in this Jesus People Church in 76 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was a part of the Jesus movement right then. What was God doing to me? Showing me a picture of what he put in my spirit. Because of that vision the dream God gave me came true, and you're sitting here today. You are that dream. You are what we saw way back in 76, people of all color, all economic status, all backgrounds in one place, and they called it the Jesus People Movement. And so because of that vision, I saw it. I had never seen it anymore. So when I saw it, I said, it can come true. It can come to pass. I, I, I've seen it not only in my spirit, I've seen it in the natural as well. 
So what was God doing for Abraham? Showing him in the natural, the sand and the stars, what he put in his spirit of being a father of a multitude. Y'all still with me? Next verse. And he believed. Oh, pay attention. Don't listen. Don't, don't move. Don't miss this. He believed. This is Abraham. Abram, he believed. Notice, he didn't believe until he got a vision. He had been given a dream at 75. He's going to be 99. It hasn't happened yet. And God gave him his dream, but he was struggling and believing in the dream until God gave him a vision. And after the vision, now what does he do? Now he believes. Before a vision or a picture a mental picture before the picture. He had a dream, but struggled with it. Couldn't see himself with it. But once he was given a vision and saw himself with it, then his dream he could believe for and God could bring it to pass. Wow. He believed in the Lord and he counted to him for righteousness. Next. Chapter 17. So we're in 13 as the team comes out. Then we're in 15. Now we're in 17. Now, when Abram was 90 years old, what's the progression now? And nine, he's 99. The Lord appeared to Abram and said it to him. Now, he's still struggling. Okay, he's still struggling, but not as much. He's on his way. He's getting closer. He's got the vision. He's got the dream. Hasn't come to pass. What's another ingredient? When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Almighty there means El Shaddai, not El Chipo or El Chico, but El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Next verse. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram, I promised you, I gave you the dream, I gave you a vision, but there's still something missing you need to do. There's still a small ingredient. There's a missing piece. There's a dot yet to be connected. I'll make my covenant between me and thee, and I'll multiply you exceedingly, verse three. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, notice, they're into fellowship. They're into fellowship, worship, humility. Verse 4, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father. He's, again, I want to remind you, Abram, I, I told you at 75, you're 99, it hasn't come to pass, but the dream's still there. The dream's still valid. Don't give up on the dream. Keep dreaming. Dream again. Dream big. Get a vision. It'll feed and fuel your faith to believe for the unbelievable. Verse 5. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram. He's about to have a name change. Neither shall thy name. And in the Old Testament, you lived up to your name. In the Old Testament, your name revealed your character. And neither shall your name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called what? Abraham. New name, new definition, right? For a father of many nations have I made thee. He was made to dream. You have been made to dream, not drift or waste your life or live small or think small or believe small. You were created in the image of God. 
God is a dreamer. You were created to dream, right? And notice you say, Pastor, but I still don't get it. Notice in the name change, then everybody had to start calling him something different. They had to start calling him who God said he was. They had to start calling him who God said he was. Abram had to start calling, decree and declare himself on who God says that he was. When he changed his confession, when he stopped saying what the world had named him and started calling himself what God had called him, his dream came to pass. Here's the mechanics out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. The mechanics is this. When you are declaring what God has declared over you, then the desire and the dream he put in you is being released. When you declare and decree what God has declared and decreed over you and the dream that he put within you, when you begin to say it, you release it from your spirit and allow it to come to pass. But as long as we're speaking contrary to what God has named us and called us and destined us, we're tying God's hands. The final tipping point is when he began to call himself Abraham and no longer Abram. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. You are more than a conqueror. You triumph in every situation. You run through a troop and leap over a wall. For you, nothing is too hard for God. For you, he meets all your needs according to his riches and glory. He made you and created you to dream. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a praise. So the, the takeaway, the takeaway is this. Number one, real simple, I need to know it. I need to know why I'm here. I need to know God's dream for my life. I need to know God's purpose. I, I need to know it. I, I need to know him first, but then I need to know it, right? And, and then number two, I need to see it. It's not enough to know it, but when I saw that church in the flesh, the Jesus people, when I saw that, boy, it just clicked. Well, you, you've got to see it. You've got to have a vision. You've got to have a mental picture. Remember, he can only do what you see. He can only do what you see. I see the curtain down. In fact, can you just turn around for me and, and do it for the lost, would you? And, your, and wave at the people in the balcony. Would you just wave at them? Now, now we did this when we were 100 people 40 years ago. You are a result of those 100 people that turned around and waved at the balcony. Whoa. You need to see it. And then number three, you need to say it. It wasn't until Abram changed his confession to Abraham. Maybe we just need to alter and adjust our confession and stop saying what the world named us, tagged us, called us, and start declaring what God has declared over your life. So you need to know it. You need to see it every day, sand and stars. And you need to say it. And then number four, you need to pursue it. You need to go after it. Folks, it's time not to be idle or, or lazy or procrastinate. It's time to get up and dream again and pursue it with everything within you. 
in Jesus' name. I'm done. If you got something, give the Lord a praise as our host comes. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.